Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Thank you for joining us. I'm Josh Davis filling in for Pastor Brad Davis, and it's my joy and privilege to get to be with you. You know, Father's Day can be a very difficult day for many people because they have a either non-existent father, maybe a father who disappointed them, maybe a father who ignored them, and they just don't have a close relationship with their earthly father. And many times, if we're not careful, we can project on the heavenly father the traits of our earthly father with all the human shortcomings and baggage that comes with that. But we must not do that. And I want to reveal to you through the pages of Scripture in Luke 15, the heart of our heavenly father, as explained by Jesus in what's often called this parable of the prodigal son. And I want you to see how much your heavenly father loves you and wants the very best for you. And he is not like your earthly father. You know, God, our heavenly father, will never disappoint us. He will never abandon us. He will never forget about us. He will never leave us hanging. He is there with us every single step of the way. And I love that. And we see part of that revealed in the heart of the Heavenly Father through what Jesus teaches us. And so let's go into Luke chapter 15. I'm going to spend the rest of the week, Lord willing, in this passage. And we're going to be unpacking it and looking at it through different angles. We're going to look at the sons and their relationship with the Father and what needed to change there as we go through this week. But today, I want us to zero in on this person of the Father. And Jesus begins in verse 11 by saying, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he, that's the father, he divided unto them his living. What an arrogant, thoughtless statement this younger son says. Do you understand what he's actually saying to the father? He's telling him, I wish you were dead. I want to get out of here. I want to go as far away from you as I possibly can. I don't want to have anything to do with you the rest of my life. You're dead to me. Just give me my inheritance. Now, the way that I grew up, to say something like that would mean uh, the Board of Correction is getting ready to come out and, and meet the seat of learning, if you know what I mean. But the father, notice the father's heart here. He says, you want it your way? Okay, you can have it your way. And he lets this son understand the consequences of his words and of his heart and of his actions. And this reveals to us one of the truths about God, our Heavenly Father. As you look through the pages of Scripture from Old Testament to New Testament, you see that God never forces anyone into a relationship with him against their will. I think about Pharaoh as a good example of this with Moses there in the book of Exodus. 
there were ten plagues in Egypt. Why didn't God come down with a heavy hand? His people had been enslaved to the Egyptians for 400 years by this point. Why not come in with one plague to destroy millions of the people of Egypt and all the crops and all the livestock and just decimate them with the the spoken word, boom, and it would happen? Why did God give them so many chances? Because he loved Pharaoh and he wanted Pharaoh to have the opportunity to be right with him and to have a right relationship with him. And he gives him chance after chance after chance. But as Pharaoh hardens his heart, God lets Pharaoh and the Egyptians suffer the consequences of their choice. And ultimately, it comes down to the tenth and final plague. When the rejection comes from Pharaoh and from the Egyptian people who did not put the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorposts of their house, the firstborn of their family died as the death angel passed over. God let them feel the consequences for their own individual choice to reject the Father, to reject the one true God. Ultimately, it ended up costing Pharaoh his own life as he drowned in that... uh, Red Sea as he was pursuing after Moses. And we see this in many different places in the pages of Scripture. I'd encourage you to go to Romans chapter 1 and see how that when people reject God, God gives them over, gives them over, gives them over. That phrase is repeated in Romans chapter 1. And as it explains and breaks down the heart of God, Yes, he wants people to be right with him. Yes, he wants people to be saved, but he never drags them into his kingdom, kicking and screaming against their will. We must make that individual choice to follow him. And so the father gives his son what he thinks that he wants at this point of his life, but he's going to come to realize that it is not what he wants. Now, To those on the outside looking in, you say, how unloving could this father be that he would treat his son this way and he would enable him to go destroy his life? But what we see here is the father saying, "Okay, if that's your choice, you're going to see what it's like. He allows him to feel the consequences of that. And that's a good parental tip for those of us who are earthly fathers as well. And. Uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, we're going to unpack it more about this younger son, but suffice it to say for today that he ruins his life. He spends all his money. It's all gone. He assumes that other masters are going to treat him like his father treated his servants. But he has a very rude awakening when he wakes up in the hog pen And they're surrounded by those swine, which are detestable to the Jewish people. This was the lowest of the lowest spot in his life. He says, man, my my dad takes such good care of his servants. They have bread enough and to spare, and I'm dying of hunger. This master that I'm serving now is nothing like my father. He is nothing like that. And dear friend, what a picture of sin. Sin is so attractive, so alluring, so tempting. And we say, that's what I want. That's what I've got to have. And we chase after it. We pursue it. 
And yet when we're caught, we realize what a terrible taskmaster sin is, addiction is, the painful consequences of our sinful choices that we experience. And he comes to himself and he says, I've got to repent. I've got to go back to the Father. And there is the Father waiting, looking, expecting his Son. Does he say, well, you know what? I told you so. I knew you'd be sulking back here one of these days. I knew you'd come crawling back when the money ran out. No, the heart of the Father is to forgive. And dear friend, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that if you come to the Father, if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's going to uh, put you down and that he's going to say, well, I knew you'd come crawling one of these days. No, he's going to forgive you. He's going to love you. The Father celebrates his son's return. He runs. He fell on his neck. He kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no worthy, no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. This is the heart of God and we will continue this tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.